This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Obviously, with the ratification of the CBA and all this the last couple of days, uh, Jeff Solomon and Luke were on a call the other day, and they were asking me if I, if I had any of the details. I said no, and then Luke said, well, why don't we just call the mayor? He seems to have all our details. So, <laughs> Outstanding. So it's good. Like you're, 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 you, you have a seat at that table kind of, uh, you know, it might be in the corner, but, but it's there. <laughs> Rob, I'll take the seat in the corner, and I'll even get Pepsis for everybody. That's fine. Kings of the podcast, episode Q4, DB. I know you're really into the whole quarantine four numbering convention that I've come up with here. You are the master of branding. Absolutely. <laughs> I trust you with the branding of Kings of the podcast, so it makes perfect sense that we're now in the, the Q4 episode. Yes, we are. Hopefully, we won't get to Q100. Hopefully, at no. some point, quarantine oh, no, will no, end. No, we can return back to uh, our normal yes. normal programming schedule. But yes, episode Q4 and DB, we have a spe- another, as always, a special always. guest lined up. We have Trevor Lewis, one of the good guys on the LA Kings. He's going to join us today. We'll talk about his career, where things are, and maybe uh, take a look at what he's up to, since obviously he's not playing hockey yeah. these days. A dozen years as a king. Hopefully it'll be 13, lucky 13 for him if they can find a way to bring him back. But yeah, just a quality individual. You've never, ever heard anybody say a bad word about Trevor Lewis. Just one of the, the quality guys that we get a, you know, opportunity and the pleasure to cover over the years. And he's always been you know, very open, very accessible. So it'll be a really nice time to ca- catch up with him. Yeah, so Louis has some great stories as well. He's been connected to the Kings kind of even before he ever showed up in Los Angeles. He right. played for Mike Stuthers and Owen Sound. Uh, Mike Fuda was the assistant, or excuse me, was the GM in Owen Sound, I believe, at the time. So uh, he's been around for a long time. He also played in the ECHL. I don't know if you know this, DB, but during the lockout. Oh, really? Oh, no. it was a fantastic <laughs> game. It was Louis versus Clifford. <laughs> because in, awesome. now, so you had Brownie went overseas during the 2012 right. lockout. Right. Kopi obviously went overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Louis played for the Utah team. Right. And of course, Cliffy was playing for the Ontario Reign at the time. And yes, they did match up. That's amazing. But, you know, we're going to have to remember to ask Louie about this. He didn't drop the gloves with Cliffy. I mean, I know they were friends and roommates and everything, but, you know, Cliffy's not going to shy away from any matchup. No, never. I'm going to have to go back through my tweets because I remember tweeting some quotes from each of them at the time. And I think that Louie on purpose might have avoided uh, getting into a scrap with Cliffy, which was probably a smart move on his part. Yeah. 
Smart move on everybody's part. <laughs> yes, would be, definitely. <laughs> so, hey, um, with Trevor Lewis coming on, DB, we're going to bring back one of our favorite segments, or at least my favorite segment, uh, numerology. We oh, get no, some, that's great We, we get some Let's people go. that love that. So 28 players have worn number 22 in Los Angeles history. So this is this Okay, is the not, one that comes to mind is Lappy. Absolutely. Lappy, right. Now, uh, here, here's a trivia question for you. Do you know Lappy wore two numbers in L.A.? Do you know the two numbers that he wore? Hmm. 14? He did. He wore yes, 14. Look at you. All right. You're going to get the you're going to get the championship belt now. I'm not close now. to you, Mayor. I'm not close. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to admit something as I go through this list to you and I'm very embarrassed by it because one of these players from not that far back totally threw me for a loop and I did not remember. So I'll tell you that story when we get there. So okay. 28 players total have worn number 22. Uh, Mike Corbett was the first one back in 1968, back in the purple and gold days. You had a number of different players through then, including Jim Anderson, Brian Campbell, uh, Al McDonough, Gene Podvan, Barry Long, whole bunch of guys. Steve Jensen, now we're getting into 1980. Dean Jenkins in 84. Tiger Williams wore that number, wow. 1985 to 1988. Everybody remembers Tiger. He was a huge fan favorite. Another fan favorite, Kenny Baumgartner wore that number, 1988 to 1990. Uh, if I remember correctly, Baumgartner scored a huge goal uh, from his back, against, or maybe that was Krujel Niski, against Calgary. I could be mixing those two up. And who would mix those two players up? Uh, Bob Halkidis, 1990 to 1991. And then uh, Muddy Waters, Charlie Huddy wore that, uh, 1992 to 1995. One of the 3,000 former Edmonton Oilers yes, that, came, that came to L.A., they got everybody they, they from did, Edmonton right. except the one they needed the most, DB. Messier. Moose, exactly. Yep, exactly. If they would have if they would have found a way to get him to LA, I don't know. I would have set the parade up myself. But uh <laughs> so yeah, Charlie Huddy wore that nineteen ninety two to ninety five. Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett, who now the coach obviously the in Rocky, Arizona, yeah. but uh he played uh, nineteen ninety five to ninety six. Uh, then, of course, Lappy, everybody remembers, uh, one of the most beloved players, I think, in L.A. Kings history from 1996 to 2004. Following Lappy was Craig Conroy. He's the assistant GM uh, in Calgary now, in Calgary, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Craig Conroy, uh, brief time, 06 to 07. Shea Stevenson, 2007, only a couple of games. Uh, Joe Piscola in 2007, Jason Ward in 2007, and that's where I'll stop for just a brief moment. Okay. I did not remember Jason Ward. I was totally stumped. The only ward I could think of was Dixon Ward, and that was yeah. in 1993, back yeah. during the a totally different era. So I did what I always do when I can't remember a certain Kings player, and I got a hold of our buddy uh, Scott Kaufman, Spike, right. and I was like, Spike, who the hell is Jason Ward? What is this? I mean, I could Google this stuff, but it's not half as fun as getting Spike <laughs> to go on some some weird right. tangent down a wormhole, exactly. and he wants to tell me how he was traded, and he came in for this player, and he scored. So I really don't remember Jason Ward. So Jason, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Give me a call. We'll book you on the show. You can tell us what an honor it was to take Joe Piscola's number uh, in the 2007 season and wear that for a couple of games. And then Brian Boyle, 2008 and 2009. DBI, um, man, I could talk about Brian Boyle for a long time. Very interesting player. Oh, yeah. Former college hockey player, standout at Boston College, played defense, converted to a forward. He's won, uh, He's been to the cup finals multiple times mm -hmm. with different teams. Um, I was on that Kings road trip. Uh, through New York and Detroit when he went crazy and was scoring goals by the bunches uh, back in, oh God, I don't even remember when that was, 2000, 2008 maybe? Uh, that was just a very interesting project, a Dean right. Lombardi classic project. Uh, and, and I'm not sure that it ever worked out in LA, but Brian Boyle certainly had a fine career uh, with fine, fine and career. Still. still going, still plugging away. 
Jeff Halpern, 2010. Halpern. If you remember, Halpern and Freddie Modine came in in the 2010 trade deadline, right. if I remember. I'm yes. sure fans will tell me if I'm wrong. No, no. Was, You're right. That was when Dean would acquire just some random players every every summer or every uh, every trade deadline to try to get them right. over the hump. Nothing of the, the, the caliber of a Marion Gabrick or a Jeff Carter. Nothing against Jeff Halpern, but uh, no, short-term. Jewish player. <laughs> oh, is that right? He's, he's Jewish. Okay, yes. well, there you, go. there you go. So Jeff Halpern in 2010. And after 2010, of course, nobody else has worn number 22. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lewis from 2011 to current, I guess we could say. It's a weird time right now, DB, because the regular season is over, but there's these extra games they're going to play, and now we're hearing that those stats are going to count yeah. towards the playoffs, which yes. to me doesn't make any sense because it's going to— Well, gonna, they the regular season over, so any other stats but put that's out. The, that's the problem, right, yeah. is because you can't put those stats— you can't tack them onto the regular season no. because then those players will have played more games, games than right. you know other players. But I don't, also don't think it's fair that they count towards playoffs because now you could blank, break all these playoff records. Yeah, and true. You and then play, who who would ever have the opportunity to break them again? Because you yeah, can't qualify. Teams gonna win could win nineteen games. Yeah, which just you know doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Yeah. Everybody knows it's sixteen wins for the cup. Well, if you want something that doesn't make sense, John, <laughs> here we go. The NL has a DH, and they're gonna start the tenth inning. You want to get me started on, on this right now? No. Do you, uh, oh yeah, I do ask. Uh, you know, we talk about numerology, so we'll we'll ask this numerical question. This is the last minute of, of the sixty the games? How many Dodger games are you gonna watch? None, because they, okay. they, yeah, with the DH, that's not they baseball. It for you. It's, it's not okay. even baseball. Just want to make sure you're consistent on that. Yeah, well, I, I don't care. Now you're, you're on the record now. No, I'm on the record. Yeah, I'm over it. I don't, I don't, really, I don't really care. I mean, like. <laughs> okay, I get it. It's not baseball. It, it's not. Man on second. Ten well, minutes. look, oh. I've been saying for years they need to get rid of Dave Roberts on the bench, and now they might as well because you don't need a manager when you're playing with the DH. <laughs> There's no strategy involved in the game. So what do you need the manager for? What is he going to do on the bench? He has nothing to do. He doesn't need to think about a double switch. He doesn't need to think about changing pitchers. Right. He doesn't need to do anything. Don't the play- you just have run to stay in for three batters? You, ju- you just run the players out there, and you just have, have batting practice just for nine simulations. innings. simulations. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> it should just play. Bailey can play it, on, and he can, he can tweet about it. Exactly. People could join on him. Twitch. There, whatever it is. That's fine. I don't care. DB, enough baseball talk. Okay. Let's talk about hockey. Let's bring in Trevor Lewis after the break. It's going to be fun. And uh, let's do an interview with him and let's uh, have him add some spice to the conversation. After the break, Trevor Lewis. I ain't nothing but a simple man. They call me a redneck, a reckon, and I am. But this thing's going on. Make me mad down to the core. To work like a dog to make ends meet There's crooked politicians and crime in the street And I'm madder than hell and I ain't gonna take it no more They tell our kids just say no And then some panty-waist judge lets a drug dealer go Welcome back, second period, kings of the podcast Special guest this time around, Trevor Lewis Louie, welcome to the show Awesome, thanks guys for having me now, look, right off the hop, I want to ask you about the recent visit to the hospital. But before we get to that, I, I called you Louie a second ago. Now, this goes back over 10 years ago. I went deep into my notes on this one. <laughs> Do you remember a nickname that I called you? I, I, I gave you a new nickname, and I tried getting it to stick for a couple of weeks, and then you reversed it on me, and you started calling me that nickname for a week, and then I just killed it. <laughs> Do, Do you remember what that, what that was or no? It's too far back. I, I- I, I do remember something about that. I don't remember what the actual nickname was, though. Yeah, it was Elvis. Because cor- Elvis, yeah. yeah. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Your birthday is January 8th, right? It, it is, yep. Yeah. That's it. 
So it was, yeah. it was probably around 2010, maybe, maybe 2011. And I remember finding that out. And I started calling you Elvis. So his birthday is the same day as yours for a couple yeah. of weeks. And then you turned it around and started calling me Elvis. And then that just <laughs> killed the nickname and it never stuck. So it's been yeah. Louie. It's been Louie ever since. Did you ever have another nickname, by the way, growing up? Like anything better than just Louie? Better? Um, yeah, you better. know what? Kevin, we- Kevin Westgarth was, uh, he came up with probably 20 nicknames for me over my <laughs> career, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He just started, I feel like every day he'd come in and he'd call me a new one. Well, um, man, I wish I knew yes. that back then. I could have just worked it over to, uh, to him and then he could have maybe been able to get the Elvis thing to stick. Yeah, he, he, had, uh, he had all kinds of them. So Fantastic. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. So let's talk about this. You were, I don't know, I don't want to say recently in the news, but uh, Twitter famous for, for a moment there recently with uh, a visit that you made to the hospital. Um, just tell us about sort of how that came together. And, and, you know, the mom was just wishing for a retweet, if nothing else. And next thing you know, you're at the hospital and, you know, sharing a moment there uh, with her son. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, I just I just got a random tweet that was uh, tweeted to me and the LA Kings and uh, a kid was in, in Utah and he was having surgery and um, he just, he wished the whole team could, could visit. And I was actually coming to Utah to visit some family. So I just, uh, kind of messaged his mom and, uh, you know, picked a good day for her and, uh, I was here. So, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty special just to see the, the smile on his face and, uh, the first thing when I walked in, though, he, he asked that I couldn't bring the whole team, so <laughs> it was pretty funny. Awesome. Um, but no, it, it was fun, and, and it definitely brightened up his day. And, um, it's awesome to, to do stuff like that when you can. I mean, you guys are so involved with uh, the you know different hospitals here in Los Angeles, and you've had an opportunity to do that. And obviously, some of it gets publicized, and some of it doesn't. You just do it in your downtime. But I would imagine that never gets old, right? Just uh, seeing someone's face light up when you walk into a room and, and sharing, you know, just a couple minutes, half hour of your time and really what it means to, to somebody like that in those difficult situations. Yeah, man, it, it was, it was awesome. Just, to, I mean, his, his mom surprised him too. And, um, when I walked in, his face was just, I mean, his smile was ear to ear. It was, uh, it's pretty incredible. And it, it definitely doesn't get old, and especially having kids of my own nowadays, you know, like just, just, times that I get excited like that it's uh it's priceless so um it's a lot of fun and you know happy to do it whenever I can now look there's no easy way to transition off of that but you did mention your kids so let's just kind of go a different direction here for a second I need your honest opinion I know you love your kids I'm sure they're great but can we just agree that Luna Muzzin is the cutest kid of all time (laughs) yeah I'm actually uh we're actually her godparents too so um that's why I'm bringing it up She's, uh, she's adorable. I mean, um, I got to see her when we went up to Toronto. Um, and, and now just watching videos, she's, it's crazy how fast they grow. And now she's running around and, um, she kind of looks like Jake a little bit too. got the curly hair. So she's <laughs> definitely a cutie. Well, that's the thing. Like I don't follow people's wives. So I'm uh, apologies to your wife. If she's on Instagram, I don't follow her. <laughs> I don't follow the players wives and keep up with things, but there's something about Courtney's videos that just are so amazing that I can't unfollow her. I, I feel like I'm just watching Luna grow up. Um, but the only disturbing thing to me is Jake never wears a shirt. The dude is shirtless <laughs> all the time. What's the deal with it? Does he own any shirts or, or what's the problem here? I don't know. He must not have AC up there or something. I, I noticed that too. Like, I, no matter I, what's I going on, he's shirtless. That. Yeah, please I do. Him about that. He, he said he's always in the, uh, 
he's always in the pool and just doesn't forget to put shirts on. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, they must not have AC and because he, he's he needs to start putting shirts on. I agree. He does. They're in the kitchen. They're cooking, and he has no shirt on. They're at the dinner table eating, and there's Luna, and you know she looks adorable. And then there's Jake, and he has no shirt on. Put a shirt on, <laughs> dude. Like, come on. Seriously, um, I agree. So here's one for you as well. So as I'm known to do, I texted a couple of your teammates to ask for some funny stories um, about you before you came on today. And I think the best one came from Clifford. Uh, he just said, hey, man, nothing outside or nothing suitable for a podcast that I could share, <laughs> which struck me as really odd because I think of you as like the squeaky clean guy on the team. Um, but he did say you were a great roommate. You were an awesome teammate. Uh, and I love this one. L.A. should resign him, which was fantastic. But um, <laughs> so he's lobbying for you already. We'll get to that. But how is it possible that you're a great roommate? Because in my mind, if you were my roommate, you would just be stuck in the corner all day answering text messages from Dowdy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was that was pre me and Dowdy living together. So I was still a good roommate then. I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, When's the last time that Drew texted you? This morning or, or last night? Actually, we did text this morning. See, yeah. I know it. I know it. He, does he need advice on what to eat for breakfast? Or did he forget where he put his shoes? Like, what, what is he, he texting help you? help on the uh, NHLPA vote? <laughs> yeah, what is yes he no? That's a good question. What is he texting you about so early in the morning? Well, it's two or it's three hours ahead there, so. Oh, um, so Because he, he likes to sleep in, you know him. He doesn't, he doesn't get up that early, so. So again, it's an early morning text. Then, if it's mid afternoon, there it's a it's an, it's a first thing in the morning text. He rolls out of bed, kisses his wife, and texts you. That's how he starts his day. Yeah, uh, no, he, we actually hadn't talked in a while. He texted me this morning, and it was just kind of a random random text asking uh, if I was still in LA or whatever. So, um, and then and then it just kind of you know drew everything anything that pops into his head. It just comes comes out. So. No filter. None. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what our text message is I, I wish someone could just read the conversation. <laughs> no, no. No. Don't thank you. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very random. You never know what you're going to get from Drew. Now, I, I don't even know if you can, you know, put, put into words one single moment. But think about all those times when you guys were living together and he's asking you the most random of random questions. There's some great stories. Uh, some of them that you may or may not want to share the shrimp and is it a fish and things like that. But can you remember, can you just think back to one story when you were looked over at him and just were thinking, what are you talking about? Uh, well, I, I say this all the time that I wish I would have just wrote everything down that he said <laughs> every night. Cause he, I started calling him Deweyisms because, and I'd go into the rink every morning and I, and I'd tell the guys like, you guys do, you won't believe what this guy's just talking about at night. <laughs> and then, so I started telling everyone and then everyone just started making fun of him and stuff. So then he kind of caught on, I don't know, maybe a year into it and he'd be like, Hey, so, uh, Oh, oh, never mind. That's stupid. That's a stupid. year into it. <laughs> so he, he starts he start himself, catching though. himself. He starts catching himself. So I, I kind of wish I didn't never told anyone and I just wrote them all down. And then, you know, one day I retire and I could write a Deweyism book or something. It would be fantastic. Well, when we do it the Daddy Roast, we know who's going to be the, the MC. It's going to be Trevor Lewis. Yeah, I know. That's why I, I, got, I got such a bad memory, though. I wish I would have. There's a couple, though, that are just like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? Uh, I, I remember one. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. We were on the plane just taking off. We literally just took off in, in Catalina Islands right there. And I think Quickie was like, 
dude, look, that's Hawaii. <laughs> He's like, wow, we're already over Hawaii? That's so quick. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of his first years in the league, too. So wow. he caught on quick to that one, but that was pretty good. And, hey, Trev, Trev, I want to ask how you something. How do you pivot off of that, DB? We'll, we'll get really serious now. Trev, so you guys are in the play, you aren't in the playoffs, but as a father, had you had the Kings qualified for the playoffs, like – would there have been a lot of thinking going on with respect to, let's say, you were in, you had a deep run, and being away from your family for maybe five or six weeks, would that have factored into your decision to play? I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's that's tough to be away for for that long. I mean, we're away so much during the season too right. that, mm-hmm. um, and especially, I mean, I mean, guys have been with their kids and wives every day now for you know the past few months, so it's it would be tough, but. Um, it would definitely factor in you think about it, but I mean, you only get so many chances to win too. So, sure. I mean, um, I, obviously I think I, I, I would be playing, but it would be, uh, the good thing nowadays is they got all the FaceTime and yeah. the zoom and all that kind of stuff that you could actually still see them a little bit, but it would definitely, uh, it would definitely be hard. I want to follow Chuck. So how, how difficult or how do you manage fatherhood when you're on the road for half the time for a nine-month season, is it difficult? You mentioned FaceTime, but like, how, how has fatherhood changed, or maybe how does your wife impact everything? Is it much more uh, responsibility to her once you go on the road? So, how did how did the family manage that? Yeah, it's it was uh, it was kind of crazy for the first little bit. Luckily, my mom uh, is retired, so when we go on long road trips, my mom would fly out, or, or my wife's sister, but. Um, you know, especially with this, with this whole, uh, quarantine thing, you, you get so much appreciation for, for what the, the wives actually do and, sure. and how hard it is. So, um, you know, it, it was tough on her, but she, she takes it like a champ, never complains. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun for both of us. This has to be the time when, uh, you get some extra chores added to your, to your list, right? So what type of chores have you been doing lately? Yeah, it was, well, I mean, it was when the, when the first all started, I had, she gave me a list of things around the house to do. So I, I did a couple, I did a couple of them and then I was like, yeah, I'll get to these later. And then, um, no, but we actually, since we had so much downtime, we, um, we drove to Utah for like a month just to, to visit family and stuff. So it's, it's kind of been nice to, to get out, um, a little bit, but we're going to head back here pretty soon and get back to california i would applaud you for what normally would be a fairly long drive to utah but that's a drop in the bucket compared to your old coach mike stuthers drove all the way from ontario or from southern california i should say recently um back home to owen sound uh any memories i mean it's a long time ago you weren't even drafted yet but any memories uh, of playing for stutz yeah stutz stutz was a man i mean in junior especially like you know how big it intimidating he is he scared the crap out of some kids too so um he was uh but he was such a good coach i mean he he liked he liked uh you know the the toughness and hard work and um skill and stuff like that and and we actually had a, a pretty good team up there and um you know he was a big part of my development i think he he kind of taught me more of a, a two-way game and um not just trying to score goals all the time in junior and um, you know, he was such a big part and, and he's, he's such a good guy. And I'm, I'm sure he did that, 
drive no problem. He's, he's one of the toughest guys I know for sure. Yeah. There is a softer side to him too, and he doesn't like to let people know that. I'm just curious, have you ever gotten to to see the softer side of him, the caring side uh, of of Stutz? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I not so much when I was playing for him, but I mean, after he, he came to LA shortly after that, and you know, I, I got to know him off the ice a lot more than I did. And I only played for him one year in junior, but I got to know him off the ice a lot more. And, you know, he'd always come up. Me and Cliffy would be the the first ones in the gym. And he'd always come up and and we'd talk for half hour to an hour every day while we're stretching in the summers and stuff. So he's uh, he's such a good guy, and I, I'm sure it won't take him long to find another job. And and I misspoke earlier. Also, you were drafted out of the USHL. So you the one year you were in Owen Sound, uh, you had already been selected by the Kings and. Bobby Ryan was there. Wayne Simmons was there. And you talked about scoring goals. You scored 29 goals in Owen Sound. I mean, uh, you put a few of them in the net. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, those, were, those were good times. You know, it was, uh, we had, a, like I said, we had a good team. And, you know, Bobby Ryan back then was, uh, he was something else. He, would, he gave you a, a few, just, you just had to tap him in the net too. So it, it, was, it was a fun time. And, and like I said, Stutz was, uh, a huge part of that team and a huge part of a, a lot of our developments and why we had so many guys uh, go move on for sure. You know, Trev, we were looking at your stats before we, we went on air and it's, it's stunning to realize that you've been with the Kings for 12 years um, and you've only scored 70 goals, which isn't, you know, it's not a criticism, but in a league with so much emphasis right now on skill and speed, how do you think you've been able to stay in the league for 12 years with the same franchise, with not being some incredibly gifted scorer? Um, you know what? I think uh, it all goes back to, to my first year pro. Really? Um, I thought I, you know, I, 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 was, I scored a lot of goals in junior, and mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of people do, but I thought I was going to come in and, you know, and stay in that role and be a, a power play and then score goals and get points and stuff like that. And my first year in, uh, the AHL, I kind of figured out real quick that to make it to the NHL, I, I'm going to have to play more of a two gate, two way game, and, sure. and be something that the coaches kind of can rely on to put you out in any situation. You know, penalty kill and stuff like that, and, and I mean, a huge credit of that goes to the development staff in LA. I mean, they were, I were, I think I worked with them more than more than anyone did, and um, they were huge in, in that. And um, you know, just playing for. Uh, Terry and Daryl and you know I, I think Daryl was a huge part of me just uh, just being someone that he could could rely on and, and put him out in any situation and you know I always just I, I was told once to just just shut up and do it right and that's what I've always tried to do and you know and luckily I've stuck around this long. Trev so which cup is more meaningful to you and we mentioned you know you're not a big-time goal scorer, but you did score two goals in Game 6 in 2012. In 2014, the game, the, the comeback from 0-3, the three same get, uh, Game 7 wins, the three double over, the three overtime wins against the Rangers. To, to you, which one was more meaningful? You know what? Um, it, it's, it's just so much different. I, I think right. the first one, it was, it was like, I mean, we were young and, it was the coolest thing ever. And it, it was, we actually like cruised through playoffs that year too. And, um, you know, that was, that was so much fun. And just to see my parents on the ice with me and, and, you know, that's my dad was, uh, my dad was probably more excited than me. He was, he was having a lot of fun. And then the second one, it was just like, 
it was so hard. It was every yeah. game was such a battle and, you know, three game sevens and on the road. And, you know, after that one, you kind of sit back and, I mean, in the first one, everyone's drinking and throwing champagne and the, everyone's so excited. And the, the second one, it was like, whoa, that, that was, that was tough. And that one, that one meant a lot. So that was, it was pretty cool to just sit back and, and, you know, know how hard he worked to get that one. And, um, it was a special moment for sure. Let's talk about that 2012 period for just a, a little bit longer here. Um, you mentioned Terry Murray there. Talk about that six-month stretch. I mean, it's a crazy six months if you really start to break it down. Uh, you know, in December, Terry's let go. Uh, Daryl comes in. Then you get the Jeff Carter trade. Then you guys go into the, you know, the playoffs, which obviously culminates in, in, in game six there against the Devils. But so much goes on in that six-month period. When you look back at it, have you ever had an opportunity, I mean, besides this quarantine time when you have nothing but time, but have you had the opportunity to sort of look back at that six-month period and think about all the things that really went down in such a, really a short period of time? Six months is not a long time when you look at your whole career, but what do you remember most or what do you think about when you think about that six-month window? Um, you know, I think it was just, uh, you know, Daryl coming in was, I mean, we, we all didn't know what to expect, but he, he really didn't change much systems, change much anything. It was just kind of the, the different voice. And, you know, Daryl's so, so smart about hockey and um, smart about motivating guys and stuff like that. And I think it was just a different mindset. Um, I think that was kind of the, the biggest thing. And then obviously with, with getting Jeff definitely helped, helped us a lot. And, um, you know, from then on, it just seemed like we were clicking with everything. So, uh, like I said, it, it wasn't like Daryl came in and switched everything. It was just, uh, uh, different, different motivation. And, um, you know, it, it obviously, it worked out well for us. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. The last maybe 18 months, uh, have been, I don't want to say miserable, but they certainly have had miserable moments. I'm sure, uh, you know, as a team in the locker room and, and on the ice, uh, you go through the disaster of, of two years ago or one year ago, depending how you want to look at it. To me, it's two years ago. The season's already over. But uh, and, and then Todd comes in, and Todd does change everything. Can you just maybe reflect a little bit about the first half of the season and at least in some of the other players that we've spoken with, it's almost like the tale of two seasons. There was the first half of the season where people were trying to adjust and, and get used to the, you know, the new system and Todd's voice and that sort of stuff. And then the second half of the season where maybe things were completely different and things were clicking, not just because of the way things ended, but there just seemed to be a different uh, vibe in the air around the team. W would you agree with that? You know, almost the split of two seasons. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know if people realize how much uh, goes on with a new coach coming in and, and changing everything, but it's, uh, you got to learn new language, new systems, new, and for a lot of us, we've been, doing the same thing for pretty much, you know, 10, 12 years since, since Daryl came in. And, um, it's, uh, it's a lot different. I mean, and, and right away you could tell that everyone was, was trying to buy in, but, um, you know, sometimes you just go back to, to doing what's natural and, um, you know, getting away and, and, and with Todd's system, it, it really works when everyone buys in and everyone's on the same page and, and, and it definitely takes time. I mean, I mean, some, some things that, you know, Johnny or, or Daryl would call something that Todd calls something else and you don't know what he's talking about for a minute. And then, but I think it did take, 
it take a lot of time. And then I, I think definitely at the end of the year, your, your confidence just gets going because you, you, it becomes instinct on the ice and, and not thinking so much. And, um, I mean, I mean, the, the second half, you could, you could definitely tell that everyone was on the same page and, and everything was clicking and it was just instinct instead of, um, you know, thinking about it. Was the trade deadline also a thing? I mean, some guys have admitted that it was a black cloud hanging over their head, and obviously some of them ended up moving on, but you ended up staying. Uh, so was that was that something that, in retrospect, was maybe hanging over your head and in the back of your mind? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, I, I played my whole career in L.A. and uh, grew up there, uh, started my family there, got married. So um, it, it was definitely uh, a different feeling for sure, and, um, not only worry for me, but worry for my family and just kind of picking up and moving and everything. And, and obviously lost a, a lot of good friends and teammates that, that I've been a uh, part of for a long time. So it was, uh, it was definitely a different feeling, but you know, you, tr- you try to block it out, but it's always kind of in the back of your head. And then obviously when I stayed, I, I couldn't have been more happy. And, um, the team kind of got on a roll there too. So it, w- it was a lot of fun and it's too bad that, uh, all this kind of stuff had to happen to, to end it. But, you know, um, it's nice to have a little break and spend some time with family, but I uh, can't wait to get back after it for sure. Yeah. And then in the back of your mind now, you know, we're, we're in July. And, and by now, normally you would have known what was going to happen next for you. You would have known if you were re-signing in L.A. or if you were gone somewhere else uh, as a free agent. And now we're going to have to wait. You know, could be October, could be November. This thing's going to drag on for a while. How agonizing is that going to be? Um, or maybe you want to break some news right now. Maybe you know something that we don't know about your return to Los Angeles. <laughs> no, I, I wish I knew some news. No. Um, yeah, it is. It's, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, it, it's, it kind of sucks to, to think about that. Could be in signing already. And now it's kind of an unknown. Like you said, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's just a, a weird time. And I mean, not only in hockey, but in, in life right now. So it's, um, it is what it is, but, um, you know, it, it, it's all I can do is just train hard and make sure I'm ready and uh, the opportunity comes. So we'll see what happens. Trev, the way the schedule lays up with the new memorandum of understanding, December 1st would be the, the next regular season game for you. So how do you manage eight and a half m- months without playing an NHL game? Yeah, it's uh, that's going to be – I mean, it's different. It's different – I mean, we've, we've never been able to train this long either too. So it's, um, it's a different schedule and, you know, obviously Matt Price in LA has, has put together a good, uh, good kind of schedule of, you know, taking time off and, and making sure you don't burn yourself out and stuff. But, you know, there, there's a good group in LA that, um, skates and trains together. And, um, I guess we'll all kind of be in the same boat too. So, um, you, you just got to do what you can and, and stay on the ice as much as you can. And, um, make sure you uh, make sure you are ready when the, when the time comes. Well, Louie, we really appreciate all the time that you've given us. Uh, fantastic to sort of look back and uh, share a couple stories with us and look ahead. And uh, well, hopefully you return to Los Angeles. We can do this again. In the meantime, enjoy uh, all, all the extra time that you're getting with family at home and, and finish those, those honeydews. Would you, I mean, you, you, you're procrastinating on a few of those. Can you wrap them up and make your wife happy? That would be great. Yeah. But the problem is as soon as I finish them, she's going to have 10 more. From me, so. <laughs> so you're slow playing it by design. I get it. I get yeah, it. it. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully she doesn't listen to this. And so she knows my trick, but 
<laughs> Fantastic. Louie, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your summer, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. There you go. Trevor Lewis, DB. We will come back after the break and uh, hit a couple of highlights from that. Just a quality person, right? Nobody's ever said a bad word about Trevor Lewis. Never. In 12 years he's here. And hopefully, Maybe Dowdy, but he didn't know what he was he saying. He didn't know what he was saying because no. he <laughs> thought he was in Hawaii. He did. <laughs> those, those terms don't apply in Hawaii. But yeah, just uh, hopefully you can find a way to bring him back. With a team that has so many prospects that you you know, have run down over the, the last couple of months, they could use a, another mentor in the room like Trevor Lewis. So, and, you know, just that hospital visit, that says it all about that player. It does. After the break, more of Kings of the Podcast. Well, I bless my soul, what's wrong with me? I'm itching like a man on a fuzzy tree. My friends say I'm acting wild as a bug. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. My hand is shaky and my knees are weak. I can't seem to stand on my own two feet. Who do you think of when you have Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. Third period. All right, DB. We had Trevor Lewis on. We uh, we talked about yeah. baseball in the first period. Yeah. Let's wrap things up today with some Twitter questions. Oh, perfect. I did uh, I did let the tweets know that you, you know did. if they had you some questions that they want answered. So I'm going in no particular order here. We're going to take a handful of them here, DB, just to wrap the show up. Sure. Uh, so in no particular order. Uh, first one here was uh, winner live questions going to be entertained. Need to hear those radio hot takes on the spot. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing live questions anytime soon. DB, is that? Do you have that on the schedule anytime soon? Unless we build the uh, Kings of the Podcast audio network, it's <laughs> going to be just submit your questions through Twitter. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of these that I'm just going to skip over because I feel like we've already addressed them a ton really? of time. Well, I mean... You mean you want people to listen and read? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, read more, tweet less, or listen more. To, fine. Uh, does the historical Kings preference towards OHL players make Byfield a lock at number two? Nobody is a lock at number two. If the draft was today, I've said this before, right. they would be taking Byfield. I agree. But there's plenty of time for them to evaluate nice. Stutzel, uh, so that's potential. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that Jamie Drysdale is not in the conversation mm -hmm. and will not be selected by the LA Kings. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that? Uh, you know, it's funny, and we could, you know... We could address this a little bit later, but because of the, the process of the date of when they're going to draft, right. you have 17, 18-year-olds that could grow an inch yes. and a half and gain 15 pounds yes. by the time the draft day comes. Absolutely. So maybe Stutzel's you know, 6'1 and you know, 195, so that, that could change your thinking, but I, I agree. When you look at the comparables on Byfield, and you know, we had Craig Button on our show on, on SiriusXM, and he said he's, the next, he's a Kopitar. Mm -hmm. Some guys say Malkin. Some guys say young Eric Stahl. I've seen Eric Lindros. When you have that ability, to how do you mention Eric Stahl in the same breath? I mean, come a on, young you're... Eric Stahl. Okay, who well, was pretty? If you look at the numbers, that's I'll take that's Cop I'll take Kopitar. I Gino. will take Kopitar <laughs> too. Yeah, exactly. But moving on, I just think that, and again, if we as we mentioned before on the podcast, you know, if you if you're that strong at center, you're going to have to move some of these guys to wing. But I think right now that would be the. the I agree with you to wholeheartedly. Right in the moment, right now would be Byfield. All right. What is the team able to do between now and December? It's to be determined. They're working on that. They're trying to get some camps going. We'll have more information on that in the coming weeks. How are the boys doing? Well, the boys, if you're referring to us, DB, we're doing great. If you're referring Perfect. to the LA Kings <laughs> players, I mean, because I don't know what this means, right? But yeah. if you're referring to the Kings players, they're spread all across the globe. If you follow Andre Kopitar on Instagram, he's doing great with his yeah. camps and everything yeah. going over it's there. Academy, and it's, yeah. uh, it's Academy, excuse me, not yeah. his camps, his Academy. And it's beautiful over there. He's uh, a big time. He had the president of Slovenia as a guest today. 
It's Kobe, man. Yeah, Come on. He's, he's a big time. He's like the yeah, second he, most famous person behind Melania in Slovenia. Maybe the first. Uh, wow. I can't, even believe, the most I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even believe you went there. Uh, by the way, here's a little breaking news. Uh, young Gaspar. Uh, yes. Yeah. ACL surgery. Blew his knee out. No. Yes. Yes. Not good. So Skating? Uh, from what I understand, yes. So oh, not good. Oh, so no. he's, uh, he's on the mend. Best wishes. He's, okay. Yes. All the bad. And if you've never heard the interview, if you're listening now, did a great interview with Gaspar uh, several months back. And uh, he knows the game inside. I, I tell everybody, I, he, the guy should chance. be a scout. I right. tell everybody. I don't know if he wants to father his, follow his father and become a coach mm-hmm. or what, but I think he'd be a fantastic scout. So um, when they hire me as a scout someday, then I will yes. add him to the team. We'll make sure. Uh, who are they taking at number two? We've already addressed that. What steps do you and Dennis want to see the LA Kings take next time they touch the puck? Structure, power play, PK. The only thing I want to see them do, Dennis, is win more games <laughs> and play meaningful games in the second half of the season. I, I, I trust McClellan. I think he's doing yeah. all the right things. Um, I, there's nothing specific that I would say off the top. Well, given their shot mentality. Oh, and integrate young players, I'm yeah, sorry. Get, right. get, get the young, young players, players some, got, yeah. some minutes. But and yes. if you're going to integrate young players who are more talented, I assume you're going to score more because the mentality was right. They just, the offensive, you know, the, the, the offensive talent just wasn't there. I assume over next season, as you've mentioned, this is going to be a, a season of discovery and assume and making Judgment calls on where players fit. So, yeah, I don't think I would change anything structurally. I think everything is there. It's just going to be, and as Todd said, he wanted to see growth this season. He's going to have to continue on that track. And as you and I have both mentioned, the season after next is really when they should be really dangerous. I also would like to see engaged veteran players in their new roles. So when you see Jeff Carter on the third line, right. I'd like to see him engaged, etc. cetera. Uh, not to say that he wasn't before, so calm down, Twitter. Um, <laughs> will the Kings have a long extended summer training camp since the junior leagues and AHL are not opening or not operating? Well, that's an assumption. Um, and will they make any big trades this free agency? Uh, well, you don't normally, yeah, just uh, trade wise, uh, there are no big trades left on the horizon. All the big trades have taken place. Don't expect any more big trades, at least probably for the next 18 months or so. Uh, if there's a tournament between the seven teams that are not in the playoff mix, can it be televised so we can watch the Kings? Yeah. I don't think that's happening. Um, there will you think you get Drew out of bed for that tournament? <laughs> well, it's possible. He Maybe. might. Well, he'll have to text Trevor Lewis, though, and ask him <laughs> when the games are. Um, how early in the draft would the Kings consider taking a goalie? I think I've already tweeted out. I do not expect them to take a goalie in the first three rounds. Yeah, you so ran think, down their depth I think, numerous times. I think that's the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Ingham, if you love goaltenders, that's the guy to keep a close eye on. He will be in Ontario this year. Um, are you hearing anything on the expectations for the AHL next year? No, not at this time. There is a discovery committee that's been put together. They're trying to figure out what to do. Um, I'm very intrigued because I think that if you play a truncated AHL season, you could possibly see for the first time a set number of games, a, a uniform, uh, unified, uniform, whatever number of games across because right now the West plays fewer mm-hmm. games right. than the East. So, I mean, I don't know if they're going to play a 30 game, a 40 game, but if they played a half a season, it might be a deal where all sure. teams play the same number of games. The schedule can't be any worse, meaning that if no. you follow the Ontario Reign, they only play about five teams and they play like San Diego 87 times <laughs> in their 62 game season. Um, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be, you know, going to be any different than that. Uh, I, I would see minimal travel, right. if any travel at yeah. all, from some of those other Agreed. central, you know, time zone teams. Um I just want to delete this tweet, DB, because rumors like this drive me insane. People just talk online and all of a sudden it becomes fact, but we'll address it because you answered, you asked it. Uh, will the Kings pursue Jack Eidel, Eichel and consider trading the second overall pick? In a word, no. no. <laughs> uh, no. Mayor's minutes the past seven days. Oh, this was a funny one. Somebody was asking questions and he said, uh, any of the Mayor's minutes podcasts. 
posted in the last seven days will help answer that. That's true. Very true. Thank you to Mike270 for... Uh, Why would they need to trade for Jack Eichel? <laughs> Why would you trade for Jack Eichel now and basically pay him tens of millions of dollars yeah. for the next two seasons when you don't need him right now? What right. you They need Jack Eichel in two years. They don't need him right. now. You don't trade a franchise-defining pick, like a number two draft pick, no. and, to get Jack Eichel... Unless you're going to blow the team up and go all in right now. Why would you spend all the time on the right. plan over the last two years to get to this point and then abandon the plan? Right. If they had, like you mentioned, and Craig Button brought this up, he goes, you would never trade the second overall pick unless it was a player like Connor or like Jack. But you're right about timing. Not now. Not now. No, no. doesn't make sense. Uh, will they ever let the mayor DJ at Staples? The music there can use an upgrade. I, well, I mean, hey, tweet the L- at LA Kings. Let them know at Dieter Rule uh, and maybe at... Uh, One game out of 41. Cheese, who, who loses? Yeah, what's, no what's Kelly Cheeseman's Twitter handle? Kelly Cheese AEG or yeah, like Cheeseman AEG? You can tweet him too. Let everybody know. You want the mayor to DJ at Staples. Um, I'd like to know the process for the prospects if the AHL and Major Junior is not playing would seem to be a terrible hit to LA right now. I, I agree with you, Ed. Um it's one of the real challenges that they're facing. Yeah. Development camp should have already taken place, but it hasn't. Uh, and this is, look, you, you can look at the glass half full or half empty, DB. This is either going to be the best thing that's ever happened to the prospect or the worst thing that's ever happened. If you want to take the view that, it, you know, from a pessimistic perspective, mm-hmm. not playing meaningful games, whether it's in your junior league or your, you know, whatever, for this extended period of time is going to be detrimental. However, if they work it out to where the Kings can get their hands on some of these prospects and spend a lot of time in development and getting that specific skill training, this could be one of the best things ever because it's a constant struggle during the AHL season which is where Turcotte, Akil Thomas, you know, Fagamo, all these guys are going to be this year. If they can get their hands on them and, and do extended development, it could be one of the best things ever because they could be getting experience at, at the development side that they normally would never get. Well, I brought up with Trev, you know, they, they're going to be eight and a half months between regular season games. I got to think the NHL is going to allow these teams that didn't make the postseason to have some sort of OTA like they do in, um, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The great... Put up to bring them together maybe in August or September as a group and then get, get some training in there because it's really it's patently unfair to, to go that long. Um, it, it really it unfairly penalizes those seven teams. So I got to think that they got to make some allowance for those teams to put uh, something together for uh, not only the, the uh, uh, NHL roster, but uh, as you mentioned, the developmental kids. All right, DB, we have a whole slew of other questions. We can save those for the I next... I want one, one question, though. Oh. That's one question I saw. You already asked your one question. It was no. about baseball, and it was no, a no, terrible no, no, no. question. I, no, it was the Twitter question. A Twitter question. Okay, fine. Like, what's the over or under with respect to me attending Ontario Rain Games next year? Uh, I will put it at one. One? (laughs) If the over-under line is at two, all the smart money would go on the under. So I'm going to put it at one. One, How about one and a half? One and a half. One and a half. half. You're on Vegas radio quite a bit, so get them to add that to one of the books at Vegas. (laughs) I'll put it at the South Point. Exactly. (laughs) Get some action. There you go. One and a half. DB, fantastic episode. We have another one coming up soon. Uh, So to all the fans that are listening, please stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys soon I'd always enjoy your work uh, whether it's uh, LA Kings Insider the fourth period and of course uh, being part of our family here on NHL Network Radio Dennis great checking in with you
week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.